a lot better. Um, you know, now, now we're, you know, medicating and doctoring everything. And, uh, and some things, you know, are just really a, a bottom line is the Word of God takes care of a lot of things. And right above the title, Psalm 37, and you could write anxiety relief. And it would be good. A lot of people have mental, uh, they're mentally anxious. Uh, I was talking to somebody, it was probably a year ago, it was shortly after COVID, and, and he said, well, you know, everyone's just so anxious about going back to work. And I understand that. Uh, a lot of people are were concerned, and even still today, a lot of people are concerned and have a lot of mental anxiety and anguish in their life. And I'm telling you this, uh, that as a Christian, you can go to Psalm 37 and it will help you every single time that you open your Bible and read there. And so I want to encourage you uh, to, to mark Psalm 37, um, go back, you can read it frequently. You know, when you get heartburn, you'll reach for Tums or Rolaids or something for relief. And when you get a headache or you have pain, you, got, you know, you go to Tylenol or Aspen or Ibuprofen or whatever it is, and, uh, and those are all fine. Uh, Psalm 37 is our anxiety relief for the Christian, and it, it should relieve the anxiety in your life. Some pain relief medicines you can take every four hours to help relieve the pain. You can read Psalm 37 every four minutes to relieve anxiety. And on top of that, uh, there's absolutely, uh, well, I was going to say there's no side effects. But the truth is, there are side effects, and they're 100% good every single time. Uh, I'm amazed, you know, I listen to these, these commercials uh, that, that, that have, they're advertising uh, pharmaceuticals and stuff like that, and, and at the end, they speed up the voice like 10 times, and, uh, and they're like, may cause this and this and this, and this. You, might, you may even die. <laughs> and I'm like, what? they need to slow that down and replay that because I didn't hear all those side effects. Uh, the Word of God will have a positive side effect to you. You cannot overdose on this chapter. The, the side effects are 100% positive with zero risks in your life, and, uh, and it will help you. Psalm 37, verse number 1, the Bible says this, "...fret not thyself because of evildoers." Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth, uh, who prospereth in his way, because of the man uh, who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. 
Father, we thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for this chapter, God. What a blessing, what an encouragement for each and every Christian. And God, certainly we do get anxious from time to time in our life and with the struggles and circumstances and the things that are going on in the world. God, it's enough to cause anybody anxiety. But God, we thank you for your word that has a calming effect on our life. And God, I pray that you'd use me. I pray, Father, that you would speak through me as we uh, look into your word tonight. And God, I pray that you would comfort and help and, and, and cause the peace that passes all understanding, Father, to come on all those who are your children who would spend time in this chapter. And Father, we'll certainly thank you for that. God will give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. I need to say this, that uh, Psalm chapter 37 is 40 verses long, and uh, if you think that I would be able to get through it all tonight, um, that's just not going to happen. There's no way we will cover the entirety of the psalm. And I'll tell you this as well, that I'm just grabbing some of the, uh, some of the great truths that will be very helpful to you tonight, but there is so much more in this psalm that I would certainly encourage you, I would urge you to go back and read the entire psalm tonight, maybe when you arrive home before you go to bed or maybe uh, tomorrow morning when you awake and, uh, and read Psalm chapter 37 because there's so many good things that I just simply cannot cover all of that. And so I want us to see just a few things that would definitely pertain to the anxiety uh, and the relief that we would have. In his opening statement, the, uh, the psalmist, David, says this. He says, fret not thyself because of evildoers. Now the word fret... Uh, means uh, to be worn away. If you think about this, uh, they, they said to, to be worn, to be frazzled. Uh, I kind of picture uh, a mouse chewing on a little thing and making it ragged, all right? And, and really, if you think about it, um, I, I'll tell you this, I've said it before, I like to fret, okay? Uh, I choose not to use the word worry. Uh, that was my grandmother, but I choose to fret, all right? And, and so this, this chapter speaks directly to me. And fretting is, man, what about this? And I got to think about this. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not really worried about it, but I am thinking about it. And the wheels are turning. And it's kind of like it's gnawing at my mind. And the more it gnaws at my mind, the more frazzled my mind will become. And he says right in his opening statement, fret not. And so we need to uh, take that very first statement and understand that we ought not fret. Now, what are we fretting about? Well, he says this, fret not thyself because of evildoers. The first thing that we're not to fret over is ev evildoers. It is easy to see the wickedness that, ex that, that exists in the world today and become worried or fretful or concerned about the society that we live in. Uh, it was probably a year or so ago that, uh, that I wisely shut off the news. And, uh, and I tell you what, my, my life got better. It just did. 
and now I'm not against, you know, watching the news and understanding what is going on. I'm not saying that, but, but it, was, it would weigh on me so much that what I was doing is I was fretting about evildoers. And the Bible says, fret not because of evildoers. And so if the news is too much for you to handle, then I'm telling you this, shut it off and open up the Word of God and spend time in the Word of God because God does tell us not to worry about the world. Listen, the world is lost. It's wicked. It is going to do what it is going to do. And there's nothing that you and I are going to do to change that. We're not. Um, now, we ought to be witnessing, we ought to be praying, uh, and, and under, I understand that, and I'm not saying that is of no effect, because that does have effect, but I'm telling you, by and large, we are not going to cause the entirety of the world to change directions from the way it is going. Wickedness has been around since the Garden of Eden, and it will be around until the final day of judgment on this earth. And we know that. We're studying the book of Revelation. We see the wickedness that will abound in the world. And so I'm just saying that wickedness will exist in this world. And listen, uh, it's easy to get all worked up about it. It's easy even to, to blow a fuse about what is going on. But it's not our job to police everything. We cannot do that. Now, if you have children then it is your job to raise those children right. It is your job to make sure that they're living right and doing right uh, to the best of your ability. And, and certainly that's true and right. But I, I've always told my, uh, my children this, when, when you go somewhere, you cannot control all those people around you. They're going to do what they're going to do. But you can control you. You can control how you act. You can control the things that you do. So you worry about you and don't worry about the rest of the world. And he says, fret not because of evildoers. Not only that, but notice this in the second part. He says, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Look with me in verse number seven, because we find the same phrase, fret not thyself, is used in verse number seven. He says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. In verse number one, we see, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. And sometimes we might think, well, what do we, why would we be envious of wicked workers? Uh, well, we may be envious of them because in verse number 7, fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way. Sometimes it seems like wicked people uh, are, get away with a lot of stuff. Uh, sometimes not even wicked people, just worldly people uh, look like they are doing well. We've hit summertime. You probably know that. Matter of fact, today's the first day of summer, I think, right? Uh, first day of summer. And, and you know what happens? Man, it happened actually probably two weeks ago. All the super nice, fancy cars come out on the street. And, and man, I, I like cars. I like to see them go down the street. And I'm like, I like to hear that sound. I just, I like that. And, and, and it interests me. And listen, it would be easy for us to become envious of, wow, that car is really, man, I'd like to have that. 
Here's the problem. You don't know the payments that guy's making. And I'm not just talking financial. Maybe he lost his family. Maybe he lost his wife. Maybe he lost everything that he had because he invested uh, in worldly things rather than his family. And I'm just saying, it would be easy for us to look at it and become envious of something that they have when we don't know what they have paid, the price that they have paid to acquire what they have acquired. And I'm not strictly speaking financially. And sometimes it does seem like worldly people prosper. Sometimes it even seems like wicked people will prosper and that they will have riches and that they will cheat people out of billions of dollars or millions of dollars and that they will come out and you look at them and you say, man, if I just had what they had. No, 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 listen. The Bible says to not be envious of those people because what you have is far greater what you have in Christ what you have in the Lord is far greater than what any worldly person is missing with Christ and so we find he says fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, and we're tempted to think, well, they've got a lot or they're doing well when we really don't know that they are. Not only that, but look at verse 7, the second part of that, uh, the last part rather. It says, Because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. And listen, wicked devices uh, or inventions have come out. And sometimes I scratch my head and I say, why on earth would God even allow that invention to go forward and to come out? But in all reality, it's not my place to to, to tell God that he shouldn't allow that to come out. God is going to let man do. He is allowed man. Uh, He's got limits on man. And God is God. And I'm not God. And we all can say amen to that. Myself included. And we need to allow God to be God. And we need to not take his place and worry or fret about the wickedness, about the prosperity of the wickedness, and not be envious of what they have, and not be, uh, not be concerned about their evil work and the devices that they will have. And listen, we need to be careful of those things. Go with me to verse number 8. And we see that same phrase, fret not. The Bible says, cease from anger and forsake wrath. And it says again, fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Save your spot here in Psalms uh, chapter 37. Go with me to, to Romans chapter number 12. Save your spot here in Psalm 37. Go to Romans chapter 12. And I want you to see this. He's saying, hey, uh, fret not yourself and don't do evil works. In other words, we can get so worked up about the wickedness that is out there and, uh, and say, man, you know what? Uh, I- I'm going to do uh, this act of violence to counter their act of violence. No, listen, God says don't do that. He says work no evil. Uh, Romans chapter number 12, we're going to look at this verse, this this passage is full of information that tells us, hey, we better be careful about what we do. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 17, look with me there. The Bible says this, recompense to no man evil for evil. 
He says, provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay it, saith the Lord. Now, don't misquote that verse like the little junior kid did in junior church. He, he quoted it this way, Vengeance is mine, and the Lord said so. All right, don't misquote the verse. God says it's His, it's the Lord's, and not ours. Look with me in verse number 20. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him to drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Verse 21, be not overcome with of evil, excuse me, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And I'm just telling you, he says back here in Psalm 37 and verse number 8, fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. And sometimes we're like the children, and, uh, and, and listen, he, he, uh, he hits us, and then, uh, then somebody else will hit us again, and and after the second one, man, it's, it's on, buddy. We're, we're, we're decking him back, you know, uh, because the Bible says we turn the other cheek and then we turn the other one after he hits us twice. I mean, we're, it's the gloves come off. It's all time to fight. Uh, listen, that's sometimes how we think. But, but God says, hey, we need to be careful that we do not become overcome of evil. And, and he's saying, fret not thyself to do evil. Just because other people do evil does not make it right for us to turn around and do evil to them. And we need to be careful of that. And so the Bible tells us that very, very clearly. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Three times it says fret not. Now I want you to notice this. Not only are we not to fret, fret not, but the second thing is we are to find faith in God. Look with me in, uh, in verse number, I want you to notice this too in verse number two before we leave, fret not. He says in verse number one, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Verse number two, for they shall be soon, or for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. In other words, hey, God is going to judge them and we don't have to. God is going to take care of it. God is taking notes of all of those things, and he is going to deal with it. In verse number three, look at what he says. He says, trust in the Lord. Listen, we're really good at trusting in ourselves. We're, we're really good at it. I'm just as guilty as you are. Man, I, I, I like to uh, go out prepared, and, uh, and if I get a flat tire, man, I've got the little tire kit to, to fill my air with tire. I've got the spare tire. I've got the stuff to change my tire. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, I just, I like to be prepared, and we're good about depending upon ourselves, But we're not too good about depending upon God. And the Bible says, trust not in ourselves, but trust in God the Lord. And listen, there, there's room to be prepared. I'm not saying you should be ill-prepared, but, but listen, our trust and our faith is to be placed in the Lord. The word trust means uh, confidence, a reliance, or resting of the mind on the integrity, veracity, justice, friendship, or other sound principle of another person. 
trust in the Lord. Listen, if you've, ever, uh, if you've ever been hurt by someone, and I'm sure all of us have in our lifetime, it's uh, just a fact of life, sometimes there's a temptation, man, I'm not trusting uh, anybody else. Or, or we have limits to where we will trust people. And listen, if we get that way with God, we've got a serious problem. Because the Bible is very clear, we have to trust in the Lord. We need to put our faith in Him. The Bible is very clear in this verse, trust in the Lord. And, and it's very, very clear. There's no question about it. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, verses that we know, verses that probably many of us would have hanging on our walls in the house that say, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy path. The truth of the matter is sometimes God directs our paths through, through places that we do not want to go. And sometimes those are difficult paths. I've been down those paths, and, uh, and I'm just telling you, it's a fact of life. Matter of fact, Psalm 23, uh, verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And sometimes we do walk through scary, dark, lonesome places. And sometimes it is not an easy trail. But if we're trusting in God and He's led us in that direction, then hey, we need to stick with following God and trusting in Him that He's going to take us through that problem and that He's going to be with us the whole time through it and that He is going to take care of us and that He did not make a mistake in where we're going. Sometimes we make mistakes, but He doesn't make mistakes. And we need to trust in God. The Bible says in verse number 5, commit thy way unto the Lord. That's the, I put that under the same category as trust in the Lord. In other words, find faith in God. Trust in the Lord. Commit thy way. The word commit means to give in trust, to put into charge or keeping. I, I put that down there, and, and the first thing that popped in my mind when I thought of illustrating commit is a GPS. And I am guilty, guilty of sitting in my uh, driver's seat, and, uh, and, 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 and at the very moment that I'm leaving for a trip that I've known for two weeks, I sit in my driver's seat and I punch in the address and I hit go. And you know what I'm doing? I'm 100% committing my way to that GPS. It's scary because it's led me astray a time or two. It's taken me to the wrong place a time or two. And I'm just saying that, uh, listen, it's not necessarily trustworthy, but how is it that we're so quick to commit our way to a GPS, but we don't commit our way to God? When he'll never fail us, and I don't know how many times my GPS has failed me, <laughs> time and time again, you lose signal, battery dies, takes me to the wrong place. I, I, I read this, and I, I thought you'd appreciate this. Just two, two different news articles of people following their GPS. Now, I've never done it this bad, okay? So this is not me. That's why I had to read other stories for you. 
In 2009, Robert Jones' reliance on his satellite navigation system nearly got the best of him when he was driving in West Yorkshire, England. The road began to steepen and narrow, but still he plugged on. It kept insisting the path was a road, he later explained, so I just trusted it. Jones only realized how wrong he was when his car bumped against a thin wire fence just inches from a hundred foot drop. He managed to get out safely, but the car remained balanced on the edge. It took a recovery team nine hours to haul the car away, and Jones was given a court citation for driving without care and attention. Because he trusted his GPS. I figure we did one for the guys, so we ought to do one for the gals. In 2011, three women visiting Bellevue, Washington, were out after midnight, unable to find their way back to their hotel. After asking the GPS to reroute, they took what they thought was a road that would lead them to the highway. Instead, their SUV ended up sinking into deep water. The road turned out to be a boat launch, and the water, a lake. All three managed to get out safely, but by the time the tow truck arrived, the SUV was completely submerged. And he said that we've seen sitcom parodies of something like this, and to actually see it in life is surprising, said a local fireman. Sometimes we, we're willing to commit our way to something that is obviously fallible. We know that. But listen, tonight God is perfect. He won't fail you. And you can commit. Commit means to trust, to follow implicitly with your life. God. And you can commit your way to him. Look at verse number 40 of Psalm 37. We find the results of trusting or finding faith or committing our life to him. Verse number 40, And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because why? They trust in him. And I'm just saying that you can trust in God. Oh, he might take you close to the edges. He might take you through the valley of the shadow of death. He may take you through some deep waters, but he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you and he'll always be with you. The Bible tells us in verse 3, trust in the Lord. In verse 5, it says, commit thy way unto the Lord. We need to find faith. We need to fret not. We need to find rest. You know, if you're trusting in God, then you can find rest. Look with me in verse number 7. It says in verse number 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. You know the word anxiety means a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. If you're fretting, you're not resting. Because the two cannot go together. You can fret or you can rest. But you cannot rest while you're fretting. It's just not possible. And we find that the Bible says here in verse number 7 to rest in the Lord. 
The word rest means to cease from action or motion of any kind, to stop, to be quiet or still. I'll be honest with you, that I don't like that because I don't like to sit still. I like to be doing. I like to be active. I like to be going. And, 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 if, and, and I just find it difficult to sit still. And I'm reminded of the verse. I preached on it probably a year or two ago. Uh, Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. And we're so active today. And we live in a society that we never shut off the TV or the radio or the social media and things are always going and we never just stop and know that he's God. And think about his goodness. But the Bible says here in verse number seven to rest in the Lord and to wait patiently for him. We need to let God do what he is going to do, and we need to be patient and wait for him. How many times we get ahead of God, and we get in a rush, and we've got to get this done, and we've got to get that done, and, and, and we don't even consult God or allow God the time to work that he wants. The Bible says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Listen, we need to wait for him. Not only that, but look at verse 34. It kind of gives us the same idea. It says, wait on the Lord. Not only that, but he goes on and he says, and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. But that waiting portion, boy, we get antsy waiting. We get fretful waiting. We, we like to worry. We like to occupy our mind. We like to occupy things. And, 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 uh, and that worry, that fretting kind of gnaws at us. And the Bible says to trust in the Lord, commit our way to the Lord, find faith in God. And it says to find rest in the Lord as we rest and wait for Him and allow Him to do what He has got to do. We're busy trying to solve all the world's problems and trying to get everything done. And God just wants us to wait on Him. We need to find rest. But then look with me in verse number 4. Not only are we to fret not, are we to find faith as it's trust in the Lord and commit thy way unto the Lord and find rest as we rest in the Lord and wait on the Lord. But then we need to find joy as well. In verse number four, delight thyself also in the Lord. The word delight means to have or take pleasure in. I, one of my things that I just I like as chocolate's one, but ice cream. And summer, man, when it's hot, I love ice cream. And I tell you what, I really don't even care what flavor it is. I love all ice cream. I just do. They're all good to me. Chunks, fruit flavor, I don't care. It's all good. And I tell you what, you offer me ice cream, I almost never turn it down, unless I'm trying to lose weight. Sometimes I do. I have to restrict myself, but I love ice cream. And, and, and listen, you know what? When 
when I have ice cream, man, I delight in it. I'm like, man, this is good. I, I, don't, I don't sit there and, and be like, ah, it's okay. Ah, it's, eh, it's this or that. No, I am delighting in that ice cream. And you know what the Bible tells us to do in verse number four? Delight thyself also in the Lord. Now, all of that is mixed in with fret not thyself, trust in the Lord, commit thy way unto the Lord, rest in the Lord. We didn't even cover cease from anger, uh, but, but he says there, to delight thyself in the Lord. You know what that means? It means to take joy in the things of God. Not, well... Preacher says I ought to read my Bible, so I guess I ought to read Psalm 37. After all, that's what he told me to do. And I'll read it because he said I should do it. And, and we find ourselves doing things out of duty. Well, it's Wednesday night, and I guess I ought to go to church because that's really what I ought to do. And, or it's this time, and I, I've got to do this, or I've got to do that. The Bible says to delight thyself also in the Lord. The word delight means to have or take pleasure in. In other words, that we would find joy in being able to attend church, read the Bible, or do whatever it is that God has asked us to do, and that we could do it with a joyful heart, a joyful spirit, saying, you know what, I want to, not just that I want to, I get to serve the Lord. I get to do these things. And he says, to delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. What does that mean? That doesn't mean that, uh, that when I go home tonight, there's going to be a Lamborghini sitting in my driveway. Okay? For one thing, it would scrape horribly getting into my driveway, and getting it out would scrape horribly too. I don't want a Lamborghini sitting in my driveway. It means that our desires will align themselves with God and that we will take great joy in just knowing that we're serving the Lord. I can't tell you how many times I've gone and, and I've, I've, I'm the preacher. I was the missionary. I had to do things. I had to be there. I, I didn't feel like driving three hours to go to church to present the ministry that I had presented a thousand times and preach and then turn around and drive three hours back home. I just didn't feel like doing it. But I can remember every time that I did, I didn't ever regret doing what I've done because God always blessed. And I always left joyful that I had obeyed God that I had done what I was supposed to do. And I'm telling you, we ought to take joy in serving the Lord. You don't need all the prosperity of the world to have joy. The reality is they have all that prosperity and they have no joy. Real joy comes from the Lord and serving Him. And the Bible says, delight thyself also in the Lord. We ought to take joy in serving the Lord in our life. We need, to find, we need to fret not. We need to find faith. 
we need to find rest. There is rest in the Lord. And when we rest, hey, we can find joy in serving the Lord. As we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, anxiety relief. There really, that was just 